Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we'll have one song, and then I believe David has announcements. Uh, two more songs, and then we'll have our lesson this evening. First song tonight is number 888. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Let us all with one accord sing praises to Christ the Lord. Let us Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank the Stepping Stones for a great meal. I appreciate everything y'all do for the mission fund. Um, also, uh, updates on our announcements. Um, remember, if you can help out uh, Blake and Mally, they're planning on going on a mission trip through Harding University. And if you can send funds uh, for that, uh, I know they'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, there's some sheets out in the foyer table. Um, if you, or if you have any other questions, please see Blake or Mally, and I know they'll help uh, direct you on what to do if you want to help donate to their, to their youth mission. Um, also, a, a youth event, January 13th. Um, this is for all ages. Uh, all the kids will, and parents, if you want to go, are going ice skating on January 13th at 1215 at the South Charleston Memorial Ice Arena. Should be a lot of fun. So, uh, is there a sign-up sheet for that, Marvin? No. Okay. Um, also, youth event uh, January fourteenth for a high school. Uh, this is a devotional um, after evening services. Also, uh, young at heart is January sixteenth. We're planning on going to the armory uh, that day. Um, also, a Nerf battle uh, here at the building on January twenty-sixth. Uh, this is for all ages as well at 6 o'clock. Um, and um, Jeremy's about to be uh, dethroned. He needs to be dethroned from the Chili Cook-Off. Um, chili Cook-Off is February the 3rd. Uh, so I know there's a neat little trophy. Do, do, do you have to bring that trophy back and hand it off to the winner? 
Oh, he's, oh, he's out to give it back. So, um, so if you think you make better, and Blake won't be here to break the tie, so, um, but if you want to, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Just come to Chili Cook-Off, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, if, uh, if you have a, uh, a child from preschool to 12th grade, the youth committee would like to have a meeting uh, with you January the 28th during the potluck to discuss the 2024 calendar year. Um, also, if uh, you're in life group too, that's Gary Leap's life group, uh, you'll have a quick meeting after Sunday morning services uh, discuss upcoming events for 2024. Um, so please remember that if you're in life group too. Updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers. Uh, Jimmy's in Columbus right now. He has an appointment tomorrow morning. Um, he's getting a shot to find out why his uh, his blood cell uh, counts are so low right now. They're kind of uh, wondering what's going on with him on that. But uh, keep uh, Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers as he has his treatments tomorrow. Keep Jim Martin in your prayers as well. And keep Jackie Hutchinson in your prayers. Also, remember continue to keep Friday Simpson in your prayers with her lungs. And um, everything goes well with that. And uh, Jim and Grace Ann um, knows they're not here this morning or this evening, but uh, they have COVID, uh, so keep them in your prayers. Um, huh? Oh, they're just exposed to it. Okay. Um, so keep them in your prayers that they do not get COVID, um, but they're staying away from everybody just in case. So um, that's all the announcements I have. Is there anything else I may have missed? Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord, to be able to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, to better ourselves, so that way people can see you and us in our everyday walk, Lord. Help us to continue being the hands and feet of you, Lord, to expand your kingdom, Lord, to continue to, to show others love and grace, Lord, continue to be with us this new year, Lord. Help us to be better stewards of your word. Help us to, to, to reach out to our community, Lord, to, to bring, bring others for you, Lord. Lord, I pray this time, Lord, you continue to be with our elders, be with their families, be with us. Help us to help them, Lord, to be an encouragement to them, Lord, and, and thank them for the work that they do here, Lord. Continue to be with our deacons and the work that they do here as well, Lord, at the building and, <clears throat> and everything that they're involved in, Lord. We ask you to be with them and be with their families and continue on blessing them. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our sick. Be with Jimmy as his tests go tomorrow, Lord. I pray that they go smoothly, that they will find out what's going on with his blood cell count, Lord. Lord, I ask you this time to continue to be with Jim Martin, Lord, and be with Picklesomer family as a treat, Jim. Lord, we ask you this time to be with the Hutchins family, be with Jackie, Lord, and we ask you to be with all the ones who are affected by COVID, Lord, who have COVID, who can't afford to get COVID, Lord, that they, that they do not get it. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with us the rest of this week, Lord. Lord, but most of all, we thank you so much for your love and grace that you sent your son to die on the cross for us so that way one day we'll have eternal life with you to sing praises to you, to worship you, Lord, 
that one day that we cannot all look forward to, Lord. Lord, help us. Help us to be more like you in our everyday walk. It's in Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Our next song is on the overhead only. It's Oh, Praise the Name. Oh, Praise the Name. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus
song before the lesson this evening. It's number 824. 824, if you would, let's stand for this song. Our song of invitation is number 179, God is Calling the Prodigal. We all want to live significant lives, don't we? As we think about the new year and the things that we're going to do this year and how we're going to change and what we're going to affect, we all want significance, right? It's nothing new. People have wanted to be significant for a long time, I suppose. Since the beginning of time, people have wanted to be significant. Uh, maybe you want to be significant in your family. Certainly we all want someone to love us more than they love anyone else, right? Uh, maybe you want to be significant in your job. Certainly we all want to be excellent at what we do. We want to be the best, right? As we think about the new year, I think about being significant in God's kingdom. And I think of one man, you think of many men, but I think of one man who climbed a mountain and he was significant. If you're going to be significant in God's kingdom, you're going to fight for it. There's no other option. Mediocrity is not going to get you there. Doing what everyone else does is not going to make you significant in God's kingdom. If you look around and you notice that your activity level in God's kingdom is the same as everyone around you, that's not significance. That's mediocre. Flip over to 1 Kings chapter 18. I want you to meet again a man you know well Elijah, as he climbs Mount Carmel, so many things have happened to this, to this man of God. In his day, Israel has turned their backs on God in the most 
resolute fashion. They don't seem to care that they have lived in covenant with God, with Yahweh, for generations. They don't seem to care that He has blessed them. They don't seem to care that He's the Creator and that justice and consequences are coming for them. They don't, they don't seem to care about any of those things. Um, they're, they're just kind of following the crowd. They're going along to get along. They're, they're doing what everyone else is doing. Unfortunately for them, everyone else that they're comparing themselves to are worshiping idols. And it's been going on for a long time now. In fact, it's been going on so long that God's decided to withdraw the rain. He makes the rain stop. He sends Elijah down to this creek and he says, I want you to stay there. And that's where ravens are going to bring you your food. They're going to bring you bread and meat in the morning. They're going to bring you bread and meat in the evening. And that's, that's where you're going to be for a little while. And so Elijah stays there until the creek runs dry, until this river runs dry. It's been that long since it rained. The creek has run dry now. Elijah's forced to leave. He goes, thanks to God's uh, telling him where to go, he finds this widow in Zarephath. And uh, he's told to go there. And when he gets there, she is looking for sticks. So picture this woman walking around a barren wasteland. Everything's dry. It's the, the ground is cracked. Everything is shriveled. The trees are dying. There's nothing around. She's picking up sticks so that she can make a fire, so that she can make the last little bit of flour and water into a cake for her and her son, and then they're gonna, the plan is to starve to death. And so Elijah meets her, and she says, tells him the plan, and Elijah says, well, do that thing, but first make me a cake, and, and then you can make one for you and your son, and so she does, and the rest is history. The, the jar never seems to run dry, even though they go back to that well, metaphorically speaking, several times. The jar never runs dry. The water never runs dry. God provided for this people and until eventually it's time for a showdown. In fact, the king of Israel, his name's Ahab at this point. You know Ahab. His wife is named Jezebel. She has become a a byword um, in our culture, not yet in hers, but soon to be in hers as well, for evil. In fact, the Bible says that no person in all of Israel up until this time has done more evil than Ahab has done. He has forced Israel by his actions and by his leadership into sin. Not only has this guy's king of the northern nation of Israel. You remember nation has been, or Israel has been split into two nations, right? So you've got the northern nation up here in Samaria and then the southern nation of Judah. And so the southern nation of Judah still worships Yahweh. They're going to worship other gods and they're going to worship Yahweh incorrectly and they're going to be immoral. But overall, the southern nation worships Yahweh. The northern nation for the last 200 years hasn't. They've been worshiping these golden calves that Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, set up. One at the northern end and one at the southern end of his kingdom. And they've been worshiping those gods, the ones who brought them out of Egypt. 
Ahab has taken it a step farther. Not only does he worship those gods, he's invited all the Canaanite gods, the pantheon of Canaanite gods, into his house. In fact, his wife has their priests eat at their table. This is the man we're talking about. Ahab is worshiping Baal and Asherah, Canaanite gods, one of which, Baal, is the god of the harvest. He's the one that sends the rains. He's the one that makes the, uh, the fruit and the, the, the grain pop up. But it hasn't happened in three years. Baal starting to look a little impotent, isn't he? And so Elijah, or excuse me, Ahab uh, and his right-hand man, Obadiah. If you go back through and you read First uh, Kings 18, you find these two men. Obadiah is a good man. He's the one that's hid a uh, hundred prophets of Yahweh in caves without Ahab knowing. But he's Ahab's right-hand man. And so Ahab sends him this way and Ahab goes that way. And they're looking for green grass so that they can feed their livestock so that maybe some of them won't die. That's the point that we've gotten to where the king of the nation is himself going out looking for livestock food, grass, anything. Anything will help. And so Obadiah runs into Elijah and Elijah tells him to go back and tell Ahab it's time for a showdown. It's time to stop limping back and forth between Baal and Yahweh. You need to pick. Israel needs to pick. It's time to choose. And so the great day that Joshua envisioned back in Joshua 24 verse 15 is here again. You have to choose. You don't get to limp back and forth between this God and Yahweh. You have to choose. Your, your house has to be settled here or here. There's condemnation here. If you choose anything other than Yahweh, there's only dead paths that direction. But you have to choose. You can't be halfway in and halfway out. That's not how it works. If you want to be significant in God's kingdom, you got to do something different than everyone else is doing. And so Elijah climbs Mount Carmel. It's not a big mountain. And in fact, it's not even um, a single peak. Mount Carmel, as we know it, uh, as it is today, is, is a whole mountain range. It's about 24 miles long, 8 miles wide. All of that is considered Mount Carmel. Uh, and so it's individ the individual peak, we can't find it. We don't know which one Elijah climbed. There is a tallest peak there. It's around 1,600 feet up, not a very big mountain. It's not even a big mountain in comparison to the rest of Israel's mountains. But it is around 1,600 feet Maybe that's the one Elijah climbed on this day so that he could have show, the showdown, the duel between the priests of Baal and Azra. There are 850 of them. 850 priests of Baal and Azra against one Elijah. When everyone else is doing something, it might behoove us not to do that thing. If you're going to be significant in God's kingdom, you're going to have to fight for it. Go back through and read Elijah's life. This guy is completely different than everyone else around him, isn't he? He thinks he's the only one that's serving God. He's not entirely wrong. Most of the rest of the nation is standing on top of Mount Carmel with the 850 priests of Bel and Azra in front of them. They've lined up behind these false idols. But not all of Israel has. Some of them, a remnant has 
remained faithful. And they're the ones that Yahweh's going to call into battle this, in, the, in the coming days. But Elijah thinks he's the only one. You know, you know what he does? He remains faithful in incredible fashion. He stands against the entire nation, against the most powerful people in the nation. And he relies on God in incredible fashion. He calls out and shows God's greatness to the nation. You remember the story, of course, he <coughs> once he gets to the top of the mountain, he, he tells them, you know, you guys, you 850 priests of Baal and Nazareth, you you have your 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 offering here, you lay it on the on the altar, and but you can't put fire to it. You gotta allow Baal and Azra to provide the fire. You provide the sacrifice and they provide the fire. That's the deal. And so they they do, right? They shout and they dance and they cut themselves and they try to get their God's attention. And Elijah has that great quip uh, in the middle of the day about noontime. He says, well, maybe you should shout louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom or maybe he's on vacation. I don't think he can hear you because he's not real. He doesn't have ears. So, but maybe you need to shout louder. And so they do. And he lets them go all the way until the evening sacrifice. And now he says, it's enough's enough. And so they they stop. He rebuilds the altar of Yahweh. Isn't that interesting? There was an altar standing there on Mount Carmel. What's it doing there? What's that altar doing there, you think? You ever thought about that? It's not supposed to be there. That altar's not supposed to be there. The correct spot to worship Yahweh was in the temple. And it's been in the temple for several hundred years by this point. And before that, it was at the tabernacle. So what's this altar doing there? Even before Jeroboam, under Solomon, Israel was worshiping on the high places. They were worshiping Yahweh, but they weren't worshiping Him correctly. And so I think, if I had to guess, this, this altar is a throwback to that perversion. But even this people are so against God that even this perverted altar to Yahweh was too close to true worship that they had to tear it down and they built their own. Stop and think about that for a second, how odd that is at any rate. Elijah rebuilds the altar and he makes a trough around the altar and he pours water, a bucket after bucket after bucket of water on this thing. Some scholars think that it was about a foot wide worth of water and a foot deep worth of water and the whole sacrifice is soaked and of course he calls for Yahweh to ignite the sacrifice he does. Not just the sacrifice but the water, the stones, the wood, the whole thing, it's gone. What I want you to see is if you want to live a significant life in God's kingdom, you're going to have to do things that no one else is doing. Elijah climbed Mount Carmel to do something that nobody else in the entire kingdom was doing. And 3,000 years later, we're still reading about him. It's one of our favorite stories in scripture, isn't it? Because it's a story about a man who was not only faithful to God, but he was faithful to God in the midst of a people who were not, who refused any semblance of faithfulness to this people 
they, they, they pushed back against it. Even a, even a vain altar, even a, a perverted altar to Yahweh, they, that was too close to true worship for them. In the midst of this people, he pushed back and was faithful to God. If you're going to be significant in God's kingdom, you're going to have to fight for it. We can't allow mediocrity uh, to, to, to rule the day. We've got to do things that are difficult. We've got to do things that are hard. We've got to make hard decisions. We've got to stand in the gap and call people back to repentance and call ourselves back to repentance and to, to do things for God's kingdom that no one else thinks are possible. If you dream big dreams for God, you might miss the dream. What's the old saying? If you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars, you still win. Dream incredible dreams for God. Do things that no one else thinks are possible in God's kingdom. If you're going to be significant in His kingdom, and you need to be significant in His kingdom. If you're going to be significant, you got to fight for it. So tonight, are you ready to fight for it? Maybe you've already been baptized and you're, you're struggling with your faith. We want to aid you in any way we can. If you've not been baptized, that's the very first step, isn't it? To, to, to find redemption, to, to start your walk of faithfulness. Tonight, if we can help in any way, why don't you come as we stand and sing? Father in heaven, thank you for this day, another day granted to us, uh, full of life here on this earth. We pray, Father, that we will cherish each day that we are granted to live on your creation and in this life, and especially as children of yours. We pray, Father, that as we go from day to day, 
that we will do everything we can to be significant in this world and among those around us in many ways, but especially, Father, as Chris just said, in, in ways that would help others grow spiritually and help ourselves grow spiritually as well. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to go now and learn more about you, lessons from your word, and we pray that each of us will listen attentively, that the teachers will deliver information to us that will be of benefit to us and will help us grow in knowledge and in service. We ask this prayer in your son's name. Amen.